swallow your pride There's nowhere to hide What would you decide when it's on the line? If it's do or die, would you compromise? Or would you stand through the storm and roll with the tide? Would you be the one to fight or the one to hide? You can never touch the sky, you don't try to fly Rocky Rose, but we stayed unshakable Been through it all and we still unbreakable What is up, Mr. Cody McBroom? Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. How about yourself there, sir? I'm doing well. Doing well. I'm excited to uh, excited to be on the podcast. It's uh, it's not too early here. I'm in Washington, so it's... Yeah, I was about to ask. Okay, so you're just getting the day started. It's Wednesday. Um, it's when we're recording this. So uh, do you have like any special like mantras going through Wednesday, getting through halfway... Um, halfway through the week or anything oh gosh um honestly like it sounds crazy but it's a blessing to be alive and to be able to do what i do for a living so no you know i wake up and get to the grind and and i love it i get to come to a gym and and work in my office and podcasts and the studio and do all shit so i I love what i do so no it's just just another day um what time do you start your day i'm an early riser so i get up at like 5 5 30 uh I like to have a good couple hours before my wife and daughter get up. So my daughter's five. So she gets up oh. at like seven, seven thirty. That gives me time to like, you know, do me get in the motion and then, and then get to the day. Sure. So, um, give the listeners a little bit about, um, you know, a, a lot of your transformation from what I know happened early on, like in your childhood and, um, and kind of like that kind of set the foundation of you wanted things to be different. You wanted to live a different life. Um, so I kind of want to open up, bringing you on to the Reborn podcast. Um, can you just give the listeners kind of like lay the foundation of, of who Cody was, um, kind of when you started discovering like health and fitness and and even like your life before that compared to how it is now. So I'll let yeah. you take take the way here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So to try to try to keep it into a nutshell, like I grew up um, kind of like the black sheep of my family. Everybody was uh, I don't have like an obese family or anything like that, but I was just always the chunky kid i was always overweight i was always heavier um and so i was never really into fitness i never stepped foot in a gym until actually after high school so in high school i had a couple knee injuries uh playing soccer and i just added weight and so after graduating high school wasn't a great student didn't uh didn't do super well got into a little bit of trouble here and there and i was kind of just doing nothing i was just sitting around i was going to community college I was overweight and uh, I finally just just looked in the mirror and was extremely brutally honest with myself and had that real conversation of like, man, what are you doing? You know, uh, you're, you're letting yourself go at the time I'm 18 years old. You know, I'm like, this is just ridiculous. So I actually just kind of went cold Turkey with stuff. I like started at back in the day. I mean, it's like, I started drinking diet soda or I ate like, you know, special case cereal with like, so I want to stop you for a second. Like what, what, and you're kind of getting into it, but you know, when you say that you went cold turkey, and I know some people are probably right now in their fitness journey, like they're they're just now like planning their flag, like wanting to have full ownership of themselves. Um, so what like what were some of the things that you were just like, okay, enough is enough? And what like what was it that made you change the, pre- the pressure from your peers? Were you concerned for your for your health? Um, were you tired of feeling like the black sheep of the family? Uh, what was it for you? And I know for everybody it's different, you know, like being a trainer like people start their journeys for a reason it's either because it something externally internally maybe it's both uh but what was that for you when you were like i'm taking full ownership you're gonna go cold turkey uh what was that 
it was uh, insecurity. Honestly, it was just like, it was the first time I, and, and this is kind of, it sounds uh, a little bit um, brutal and, and kind of mean to myself, but I took it in a positive way. And I think sometimes uh, uh, shining light on the negative is the only way to find the positive in some senses. So I actually like really fully, and it sounds crazy, but I looked at myself naked in the mirror and was just like, this is not healthy. This is not okay. This is like, dude, you have full control over changing yourself, your life, your body, your physical fitness, the insecurity you have, you can change that if you want and if you desire and if you work hard. And I really just had a real conversation with myself and it was, it was a big insecurity for me, you know, staying away from photos, uh, staying away from the lake growing up and wearing sure. a t-shirt in the pool, that kind of shit, you know, it just, it, I had enough. And at that point I finally was like, you know what? I have nothing better to do, but to try to create change. And I actually just, when I say cold Turkey, I just started changing what I was eating. And it was uh -huh. like the simplest stuff, like eating whole grain bread, eating like lower calorie cereal, not knowing what calories were back then. Um, but I just started making simple changes and I stepped foot in the gym and I started just trying to work out and just trying to do something to improve my health. And slowly but surely that just started kind of building momentum and I felt better mentally. I felt better physically. I felt better about myself. And, uh, that snowballed into more confidence and more self-belief. And it kind of just kept trickling forward and forward until honestly, I ended up losing about 50 pounds and became obsessed with fitness and training and just really engulfed myself into studying it more. And uh, it was a lot of people in like uh, forums back in the day on like websites that really like started to kind of answer questions and help me. And that's when I started consuming content. Um, and I actually changed my degree at school. I was going to school for business. I changed my degree to health and fitness. Uh, forged my dad's signature to do it because at the time they were like, no, this is just a, a weird fad you're into right, right now. So right. I've been training for a month and I'm like, I'm going to be a trainer. This is my thing. Yeah. And so let, I, uh, let, let, let me ask you, when you yeah. decided to, to make these changes leading up, you said you were 18, you know, you looked at yourself in the mirror and, um, that was probably just like this broken moment where you're like, I'm not okay with this anymore. But up until then, like, had you ever tried and failed? Like, did you ever go through any of these like fad diets or feel the pressure of your peers or, you know, your family or just like your own insecurities? Or were you just like, you literally like didn't care until you had that aha moment where you're like, I cannot keep living like this. Honestly, it, it was, I had never seriously tried. Partially because I was insecure about the gym too. I didn't want to embarrass myself. Like even in like weights, the weights room at, uh, in high school, I would like skip class and I just, I was insecure about the gym. I didn't want to be in there. I didn't know what I was doing. I had a lot of friends that were uh, in sports that had to go lift like football and basketball. And uh, of course they give you shit and they make fun of you, but they're your friends. So as a dude, you just kind of take it on the chin and it yeah. is what it is. But inside, of course, it kind of crushes you. And I, so I really didn't try until that point. And I definitely don't want to say I went cold turkey and just successfully lost 50 pounds. Like I tried like fad after fad after fad until I finally started getting some momentum, but I didn't give up. I just kept trying every BS diet and every whatever training program back then there was like the initial movement of uh, functional fitness and high intensity boot camps were kind of coming into the scene. So a lot of uh, cardio based stuff. Um, so it took a while, but over the course of a year, you know, of really like basically banging my head against the wall with everything I could find until something started clicking. And then I uh, changed my degree and started going to school for it. And then I lost, like I said, 50 pounds. And then I started wanting to build muscle and I ended up getting an internship when, and kind of. When you said that you were obsessed with it, were you doing like two a days obsessed with it? Like waking up in the morning and training, go, like going to school and then like in the afternoon coming back in or. No, honestly, I was obsessed with the education side of it. I was obsessed with the knowledge. I had a phase where I got obsessed in that regard too, but it was years later when I competed in a men's physique competition and that went into like a, a 
downhill of dieting too hard and then getting on stage and then rebounding and then doing that whole thing, you know? Yeah. Um, but at the time it was just like anything I could get my hands on from training and nutrition. It was just like, I just need to read. I need to watch. I need to study. And, uh, Luckily that, you know, that pushed me to continue going through school. And then I got an internship at a strength facility in Seattle called Bigger Ground. I was the head trainer there for six and a half years while writing blogs and posting on Facebook and shit like that. And uh, in 2017, I left there to start my online business. And that's what we are today is Tailored Coaching Method. And we have nine coaches. We're spread out around the country. We have, uh, we're developing an app right now. We have the podcast. So it's grown a lot since then. And it, it, it kind of was all from that obsession with first- my own transformation second becoming obsessed with just the education and then sure. seeing how that can change other people's life you know and you know this when you help somebody else transform it's just it's a priceless feeling yeah, you know and that just kind of kept growing growing and growing yeah i think what you know as trainers because we've been through it ourselves a majority of us we've, we've chosen to take on to take on this job as a responsibility because we know how it feels uh, when you have that aha moment like when you can truly make positive changes uh, in your life. And we want nothing more than for other people to feel what we have felt, right? It's a passion thing. It's passion driven. Um, so I want to talk about your um, your coaching business, the tailored coaching method. Hey, first of all, congrats on like all of your success and everything and becoming independent. Um, how scary was that for you? Because if you were a head strength coach for about six years, you know, it would probably, you're probably pretty comfortable. You know, you probably, but like, Whenever you decided to kind of go off and to, to split and to do your own thing, um, were you, um, how was that like? Were you, were you nervous? Were you, um, or were you like, I have so much more that I can just give, like I'm exploding or were you like, okay, I'm like, how was that transition for you? Yeah. Uh, thank you. And, uh, I was scared shitless. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. I, it was, it's never easy jumping out and doing no. thing, you know? Um, the ironic thing, you know, when I first got this internship and then that later became a job, I remember being in the interview and I told the person, he said, what do you want to do long term? And I said, I want to build a website for fitness and nutrition because I was reading all these guys blogs. I mean, this is sure. back, obviously, it was, it was like men's health, men's health or bodybuilding.com or um, a lot of that. This, and yeah. yeah. And then even like individual people's blogs or get back gotcha. to I mean, Jay Ferrugia and all these different people. And uh, he was like, well, how are you going to make money? And I. I have no idea. Uh, I, these guys are doing it. There's something there. And he said, you know, if you want to be a reputable source like that, coach people for five years every day in the gym, and then you'll have the right to do stuff online like that. And so six and a half years later, I decided to do it, you know? And so I really took that advice to heart and I, I stuck with it. And um, I tried to break off and kind of start my own thing multiple times, but I just didn't have, uh, it's it, it scary. I was comfortable, like you said, sure. you know, like I had a cush little job and I was like, one of the head coaches was great. Um, and then my girlfriend at the time, wife now, got pregnant. And that's when I was like, okay, it's now or it's never. And I, yeah. I told my uh, wife, girlfriend at the time that, you know, when she was getting ready to go on maternity leave, I was like, I'm going to quit my job. I have to give up all of my clients to keep like, you know, respect in the industry. I don't want to causing bad blood. So the house was already in her name. And I was like, but I'm going to build this online thing. By the time you're done with maternity leave, you'll never have to go back to work. And she was just like, okay, you, you do, you know, chase your dream, do your thing. And that's what happened. She never went back to work. I wow. hustled my ass off for the during her pregnancy and pushed it, and it grew. in in uh, in within that nine month period, it grew enough to like create the stability, and then it just we started scaling and stuff. Um, but I was scared shitless. You know, it's you're going off on your own, and for for 
at the time, you know, you're, when you're in a gym like that, they're giving you leads. So like I'm at a gym, like I'm great at sales, but I didn't think about the process. Like, okay, I'm good at selling people and, and coaching people and creating these transformations. But I forgot about the part that people got to show up for me to sell in the first place, which they were doing. And so you go off on your own. You're like, okay. Yeah. Like where are the people? Like, how do I get the people? Oh, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. um, it was scary, but it, you know, uh, I figured I would just, I looked at it like, if you're a billboard of what you do, Sure. And that meant to me, like I was doing Facebook lives damn near daily. I was on Instagram multiple times a day. I was recording my podcast that nobody was listening to at the time. And I was writing yeah. blogs and newsletters and just like, how many ways can I educate and give free value and just, just help people as much as possible. And eventually sure. word of mouth or spread, people will join, something will happen. And, um, that's what did. So did you start your, um, like, did you start your online business? Because you also have a brick and mortar, correct? Do you have a brick yes. and mortar office? So like a tailor training, is there like a training facility inside of that? Um, this is local just to in Seattle where you're from. Yeah. So, uh, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's funny. It's, uh, it started in, it, I was bouncing around gyms, just filming shit and, co uh, like writing online programs, doing all the coaching from my house. Um, but I had this thing, I, I, uh, I, I called it the fantasy factory back today. Cause I, I grew up skateboarding and stuff. So I was like, I'm going to build like, like a, a fitness fantasy factory. And uh, we're not gonna have any members. It's just gonna be a dope gym where I can shoot content. And like when people that I like, that wanna like, that are motivated and that I think can, you know, train with me, do whatever, I'll just give them a key. You know, so we have a few people, some friends, family, and like even some clients that have been local that just wanna show up and train stuff. And eventually I was like, hey, here's a key, you can come. So we have a gym and then we have offices on the other side with podcast studio, office, media room for my awesome. guy that does all the editing and stuff. Um, but it went from my house in a garage to like, I rented out a big like, bay door warehouse style thing and then sure. that expanded into two units back like next door and i just broke down the one of the walls for a door and then we moved out of there into like a more professional setting place but yeah it's just it's it's a gym it is a facility but we don't do we're doing a seminar here actually this weekend for the first time but um otherwise it's just it's just like my playground for content yeah. and just training and stuff i love that um i want to go back to whenever you were saying you were hustling for the clients and you made the the decisions basically not see people in person, but to basically take your business online, correct? Yeah. And then whenever you were talking about, because um, I know a lot of young trainers who are looking to grow their online business or who are floor trainers and they're wanting to make that next step. Um, like what, whenever you talk about like you had to hustle and grind and and like, what can you be a little bit more specific about some of the things that you were doing? You said you were um, grinding, hustling on social media. Um, were you going like door to door? How are you, how are you working this um, to basically build your brand and your business? Yeah. And, and to provide context too, I will say that it was a different time, you know, 2017, even just Instagram, as you know, like it was a completely different playing field, you know, with, I mean, there wasn't as many features, there wasn't as many people trying to do it. Um, I, people blame the algorithm, but I'm always like, I mean, that's just part of marketing. You got to work with what's going on and you just keep yeah. going. Um, but to be honest with you, I did anything and everything. It was like, I, I, to me, I, I was shooting content at gyms and I would intentionally like rotate different gyms so I could connect with people. And so what I would do is I would reach out to somebody and say, Hey, like I see you own a gym. It's really cool. Like I, I would love to do a photo shoot there and shoot some content when you don't have like a lot of more CrossFit gyms and it would be like in between classes or someone you're on members, um, I'll pay for my time. And a lot of times they wouldn't make me pay. They'd be like, Oh dude, that's awesome. Like, yeah, you can totally do that. And I would just connect with them and stuff. And then like, can I pay you back in some way? Like I'll do a nutrition seminar for free for your members. And they would let me do that. And uh -huh. then I would do a seminar and their members would be in front of me. And sure. Then and they're like, oh, up. by the way, I also, you want more in depth. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. And so I was spreading it that way. Um, I was, uh, like I said, doing a lot of content. I mean, I was literally on 
Instagram, Facebook, and writing email newsletters every day, like popping up emails. I was writing free eBooks. I was doing just anything I could think of. And if there was an event, if there was people I can connect with, if somebody wanted to jump on a call, like I was just going after it. And of course, that's not a long-term sustainable approach, but when you're first starting out and you're trying to build something, like you kind of have to just have the pedal down and just go, you know? So I was saying yes to everything and I was helping anybody and everybody that would let me talk to them or get in front of them. And that paid off in so many ways. And it probably was like a full year straight of doing that really hard until you just get burned out. It was like, now it's sustainable financially. I don't need Start, you that anymore. You kind of pick and choose, like, right. You pick and choose exactly. what, you, what you do and where you go. Um, yeah. Well, talking about like your coaches, I want to, I want to kind of ask you or, or dive into a little bit about what is it that makes your programming, your co- in your coaching programming um, different? I know that the tailored coaching method, um, what does that mean? And like, what is your philosophy on like the problem with like the whole one size fits all solutions and what we read in textbooks. And I can't agree more like the experience that you've got to have it on the floor before you can take it like online. Uh, that's so, so very true and, and incredibly value valuable for a trainer to have that experience. Um, so talk a little bit about like the tailored coaching method. Um, and then your problem with these one size fits all like diet solutions. Yeah. Uh, so the, the name actually came about because so funny enough, it originally was called boom, boom performance. My nickname's always been Cody, boom, boom, McBroom. And so mm-hmm. I had Cody a blog boom, called boom, McBroom. Yeah. Hey, so hey, when I do your intro, I'm totally going to be like, Cody, broom, broom, McBroom. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It <laughs> sounds like the, whatever that boxer, uh, the know. announcer coming into the ring, you know? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, for whatever reason, that was my nickname growing up. It. And then I just, I wrote, a, I made a blog called uh, Boom Boom Performance. And then like, I would just write on it. And then that became like my company name because it was just me. But at a certain point, you start hiring coaches that work for you. And and like, I was like, well, number one, I, I want it to be a named for us, not just me. But also, this doesn't describe what we do whatsoever, you know? So I was trying to figure out a way to describe it. But you, I can't call my company individualized coaching because that's like a, it's a buzzword, you know, it's a thing that's sure. going on. And a lot of people say they do that, but not always. And so I was actually given a, a talk at a seminar for, it was like a business coaching seminar. So for trainers and nutritionists and stuff, and it was in Arizona and there's like 150 people and trainers in the crowd. And as I was talking, I said, our method is a tailored coaching method. And I remember like looking over at like my media guy who was taking pictures stuff and just like, we like locked eyes like, and was that was it. That's it. Yeah. I emailed my, came out. Yeah. Yeah. So I ended up emailing my lawyer like that day and got the name and that just describes what we do. We truly do tailor every aspect of it. So we have, like I said, nine coaches, they're all sports nutritionists and trainers. And uh, we have a PhD, a chief science officer on staff who can actually read blood work. He can dive into the research. He's kind of like our backbone to make sure everything we're doing is evidence-based and he's, he's keeping us in the loop with new studies going on. And He's a, a a third party to answer client questions when it's like really in depth. Or again, if somebody has blood work and we need a doctor to actually read it and stuff like sure. that. Sure. Um, and we've just always approached this way because, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the whole boot camp era was really big for a while um, in like the gen pop scene. And there was like all these people that would show up at the gym from like a Groupon deal or something. Right. And they would come to this Groupon. They would sign up for really cheap for like 30 day boot camp. And our hopes were that they would get motivated and then they would sign up for the gym and coaching so they'd be in the environment and they'd stick sure. with the fitness and change their lifestyle. A lot of times they would just group on hop. They would get this deal and they would do it and then leave. And it was always very just generalized. And I always found myself having these conversations with people 
And they would ask me questions after class. And I'd be like, well, it depends on, and I'd go down these rabbit holes, right. you know, depending on the question. Yeah. Because everything is just so specific to the person and their goals and their gender and their age and their hormones and like their metabolism and their history and all this stuff. And so I've never been able to answer a question easily. I've never been able to not go super in depth. I've always just kind of gone 10 times further when creating a client nutrition plan or training program because I can't help myself. And so as the team grew, I found other individuals that were the same way and that either hired me as their coach or as a mentor. And then they became a, a coach for me. And uh, tailored coaching method was the way to describe it. We tailor every aspect of it, whether it's the communication, the accountability, the metrics we're tracking, the nutrition, the nutrient timing, the uh, just the general macros and stuff like that, obviously, all the way down to the training program and, and how we're interacting with them. We'll even ask, uh, as crazy as it sounds, some like of the love language questions in their questionnaire because we want to know how you respond best. You know, I might be words of affirmation. But if you're not, then it's not going to connect with you or make you feel appreciated. Sure. So we want to know how they receive appreciation, how they feel that reward, and then actually utilize that strategy in our coaching. You know, sure. so the best way I can describe it is it's as far away from generic cookie cutter as you can possibly get. So what like, you know, we're coming into summer. I, I don't know how warm it is up in Seattle right now for you guys. Or not, still, I need to move ASAP. Oh, <laughs> still cold, huh? Well, I know in many parts of the regions of the United States, it's starting to warm up. And so like a lot of people are like, okay, they're starting to be like, oh my gosh, I got like a bikini on or we're going to go on a summer vacation. Um, what do you think are some common mistakes that people make when they're like first initially trying to get back in shape? Ooh, um, there's probably a million, there's a lot of them. Yeah. Is there, is right. it just kind of like whenever you see people just starting this journey that you have seen, you know, like a, a mistake that they is it that they is it because maybe they go cold turkey and they can't mm -hmm. sustain what they do is it you know not doing research on what they're about to do and they you know get into keto and they're like oh this sucks i'm only gonna do it for two weeks and then you know they end up yeah. gaining more weight back like what would you say is like people who are like okay it's it's starting to warm up this year is my year i'm gonna get in shape like what is the common mistake that people can avoid yeah so i think that you know if I don't know when this airs, but a lot of times, like it's May 10th as we're recording this. And I would say that a lot of times people just wait too long, you know, and then it sends them down that path that you're talking about because they wait until it gets hot and then they're like, okay, I need to do something. So they do keto and it's like this rapid approach. It's very restrictive and it's miserable for them. Not saying that everybody's going to be miserable on keto. I'm sure there's people that enjoy it. I can't do it personally. It's not sustainable for my lifestyle. It's not sustainable for my training type. So like... I think people end up waiting too long and then they jump to some radical solution for dieting and they get too aggressive with it, which may get them a short term result. But next year before summer, they're going to find themselves in the same exact position, because if they can manage to sustain it through the summer, it's going to come right back in the fall through the winter. And then they're going to be in spring going, ah, shit, I gained the weight back again. I need to figure this out. Right. So I think ultimately it's, it's waiting too long and trying to find a short term solution for a long term problem that they have. And a lot of times it's because they don't ask why they don't ask why am I doing this? Like, what's my issue with adherence, lifestyle, environment? Like what's causing me to have this cyclical pattern of, of weight regain and loss. Right. Um, and then why is this diet going to work fast? Because sometimes if you can just figure out why it's going to work, you can manipulate it in a, in a positive way to just get a better result long-term. So for example, keto, uh, if, keto is going to work it's because it puts you in calorie deficit right this is why a lot of people jump into a keto diet and they lose weight at first and then they figure out how to make like fancy keto recipes and they start gaining weight again or not losing because 
once you figure out how to make keto brownies or you're eating more bacon and eggs because you figure out the food groups, your calories go back up. And we know that no matter what the diet is, the calories got to be in a favorable place for fat loss. But if you can figure that out before you start, well, then you can go, all right, well, maybe I'll just figure out a better way to create a calorie deficit. And maybe I make a less aggressive calorie deficit or I make a calorie deficit in a more sustainable way because I know that it is a calorie deficit I need and I know what foods I like and I can fit in there and I know what foods support my training or my hormones or my lifestyle or my recovery needs or whatever it may be. And now the diet can still accomplish the same thing. Even if you do want to be a little more aggressive at the beginning, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you know why it's working in a fast, short-term way, you can also ease out of it better. You can also control the diet better. You know, when you go off point, you can jump back on easier because you know why you got off point. And it, it leads to a lot more education. And we've found that, you know, education provides so much more sustainability for people because you understand why, you know, if, if somebody's following a diet plan, no matter what diet plan it is, and they don't understand why it's going to work, where they're headed, how long it's going to last, all these things that are kind of just walking down a dark path. But if we can create the GPS or the blueprint for them, it makes it way easier to have buy-in and trust with the process and then actually be consistent so you can get the result. What is your what is your opinion on uh, tracking macros? I know that, that it, it continues to be a fad. I know it was like a really big fad like a couple of years ago. Um, would you recommend that for even people starting out or do you think it it's more overwhelming if somebody's kind of coming into like this whole even even we'll just talk about like you know very basics of of understanding like what is the calorie and you know what are the good fats um what is your opinion on on the macros and is it is this something that you recommend for somebody who's just starting out uh, we'll use macros quite often with people but not always when they're first starting out I, I ultimately think, I think it depends on quite a few things. Honestly, I think that uh, if we look at, there's even some research on this of like, uh, it become obsessive and sure. be almost like overly overwhelming or OCD tendencies kind of coming about. And uh, a lot of that has to do with your personality type because that can also happen. We've seen this with, uh, I believe it's called like orthorexia or something like that, but we've seen it with like paleo dieting or clean eating when some people get so obsessed with organic clean whole foods that they like are so fearful of, of having a beer every once in a while or, or enjoying something that's not perfectly uh, high quality. So it can happen on the other spectrum where people are so obsessed with weighing their food and tracking macros that they literally think if they don't hit their macros on the dot, something bad's going to happen. But the reality is, is that everything's a really good estimate. You know, if we look at a chicken breast and we say a chicken is uh, 26 grams of protein and two grams of fat or something like that, well, every chicken lived a different life, had different muscle, ate different food, had different hydration. So there's no way we know that for sure. Every four ounces, you know, it's just, it's impossible. So, um, I think anything can become a little neurotic and can become obsessive if you have that personality type or you're educated the wrong way, or you just take it too far. Um, however, I also don't think it's necessary to track macros for brand new people either, because you can create a deficit by just changing lifestyle habits, right? If we're just train harder, take another walk or like, yeah, yeah I more. I really think it's easy. I mean, all, like we talk about how just our times changed, you know, when you were getting all of your information from blogs and um, now it's almost like there's so much out there that it's it's so overwhelming, almost like threatening to somebody who's like wanting to make lifestyle changes because it's it's like it's like there's so much out there you don't know what to trust. Um mm-hmm. And so that's why, like, I really just encourage, like, just keep it, like, stupid simple. Talk, you know, start with, like, clean, 
items from the earth if it, you know, if it's living, if it grows. Um, I forget what the, some of the other things that I say, um, because it really can be kind of like what you're saying, somebody brand new coming into this and then you're going to give them like the macros and then they're going to have to cut the calories. And it's really not for, um, for everybody for sure. Uh, what do you have coming up like in the future? I, I, your social media, it's extremely informative. Um, your, what is your social media handle? Uh, at Cody, yeah. At Cody McBroom for Instagram. Sure. And then what is the name of your podcast that you have? The- yeah, the Tailored Louth podcast. Nice, nice. Um, so I know that um, I, w- I want you to like leave us with um, just some advice um, for people who are really wanting to like make some lifestyle changes. And I know we talked a little bit about like maybe what not to do, but um, if if what would you say to somebody who's like contemplating if, if they're really ready, if they're ready to take ownership of their life, what is the first step? And what is some advice that you can give them to make sure that it's a like the longevity, that it's a, a lifestyle change and a lifestyle goal? Yeah, um, I'll piggyback off of what you were saying just a second ago because I I agree with it. And I used to say something similar. I think I said uh, if it had a face uh, or if it grew from the ground, walked on the ground, flew over the ground, swam on the, or something like that. There you go. Yeah, that works that's, too. That's yeah, like eighty nine percent of your diet. For sure. um, but I think like start simple and uh, uh like go slow and keep it sustainable i mean like realistically if you just do that and you because no matter what if you do too much at once at the beginning it's like the whole macro conversation like some people can use them really really well i do when i'm dialing things in to get ready for a photo shoot or a stage or anything like that i'll like take it to that point because i'm advanced and i need to break through plateaus sure. but if we're starting at the beginning or we're just trying to maintain or focus on health and performance we don't need that we need to focus on food quality, managing portion sizes, and just focusing on the sustainability of it. Make it a lifestyle. Get in the gym consistently. Go on walks consistently. Move your body every day. Eat real food because your body deserves it. And don't focus on going super fast or implementing a million things at once. Start simple. Keep it small and just focus on the sustainability of it. And you will be a completely different human being in a year's time. Oh, yeah. Am I cutting out? You're frozen on my end. Oh, there you are. Hey. Yeah, you're frozen on my end. Oh, there we go. You're frozen too. Okay. Okay. Um, start back with um uh you're talking about how it could be like sustainable. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you start small, you keep it simple and, and you just focus on the sustainability of it, it becomes a lifestyle. You know, move your body every day. Go go to the gym when you can. You don't have to train six days a week, but get to the gym. If it's two times, great. Three times, awesome. Four, whatever walk every day, like move your body, eat real food as often as you can. That will take care of, you know, half of your results for the next year anyway. But if you do these like simple things and you just wait to throw in the more advanced stuff, the more complicated stuff until later on when you hit a plateau or you've been doing it for years, they're necessary at that point at times if you want to keep going. But at first, like keep it simple, start small with little habits and just focus on sustainability. In a year's time, you will be a literally a different human being. If you just do those simple things and you just commit to the long term, like this is a lifestyle. It's the only body right. you get. Right. And I, I think it's also important that like don't compare your like one month or three month transformation with somebody's like one year transformation. Yeah. Know that like everybody's journey takes time. Everybody's transformation. It ta- it's your own pace. Um, so don't get discouraged if it's taking you longer, if you feel like it's taking you longer because you don't know what that other person has been through, like how long they've been training or, you know, 
So I would just say like, that's a big one, especially for women, as you see for us, like we're so bad at like wanting to compare our progress with everybody else's or, you know, people, even people in our community, but um, it's really important to celebrate your wins, celebrate your victories, but know that your progress is, is, is your progress. And you should be really proud of that no matter how long it takes you. And as long as you're moving forward, uh, you're on the right path. So. All right. Well, Cody, hey, thank you so much for coming on the Reborn podcast today. I just wish you and your family so much success and um, have a great week and stay warm up there in Seattle. I'll try to send you some sunshine over here on the uh, East Coast in Virginia. Love it. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. All right. Bye bye, Cody. There's nowhere to hide. What would you decide when it's on the line? Would just do or die? Would you compromise or would you stand through the storm and roll with the tide? Would you be the one to fight or the one to hide? You can never touch the sky, don't try to fly. Rocky roads, but we stayed unshakable. Been through it all and we're still unbreakable.